RBMA Radio, broadcasting live from Red Bull Studios in New York City. My name is Sean Ronaldo, and right now we are listening to a track from Leisure Muffin. This is from the very first release on the Bunker New York label, hence the name, based right here in New York City. And sitting with me in the studio is Brian Kasinick. Correct. All right. See, you totally... It's Nailed funny. It. <laughs> I mean, this is, I shouldn't even talk about this, but everyone, I've been saying Brian Kasenik for years, and then you corrected me, and then I totally froze when it was time to say it. <laughs> so Brian Kasenik from The Bunker, and or The Bunker New York, however people, I mean, the label's Bunker New York. The label is The Bunker New York, and we're kind of referring to, when I do the parties in New York, a lot of times, like at the top of the flyer, it just says The Bunker because we're in New York, so everybody knows it's the Bunker New York. But as uh, the Bunker started to spread out and happen in other cities and become a record label, uh, we had the, there was suddenly a need to make sure we could make it distinct from all, there's many, many other bunkers out there, different record labels, a a lot of uh, parties and clubs in different cities. Uh, but I didn't want to give up the bunker name because at the at the time when this actually started to become an issue, I'd been doing it for nearly a decade or over a decade. So we that it was we kind of agonized over that one for a while. Like, do we start a record label and not call it the bunker? Um, we couldn't. So that's uh, the bunker. New York is. Uh, the tag we use for our Facebook and our website and Twitter, Instagram, everything, just to make it distinct. I mean, it's funny because when you mention that it's an issue, I'm curious, have any of the other bunkers actually contacted you at any point? Or is it just like an online nerd forum issue where they're like, don't you know? Um, I had a few friends who really strongly suggested I don't call the label the bunker because of bunker records which who we love and adore and have uh, been fans for a long time and have had their artists play at our party um but we just i i couldn't i couldn't we i've worked too hard building building it up over the years that i couldn't do it nobody's ever given me grief uh none of the other people have reached out i know uh the ifm folks are big fans and our releases are in rotation there so I hopefully we haven't horribly offended anybody in the Netherlands. Um, but yeah, we, we get no grief about it. It was just, just wanted to make sure it was distinct and people knew the difference. At this point, how long have you been throwing parties as The Bunker? As The Bunker, I've been throwing parties for... We celebrated our 12-year anniversary in January, but um, I've been throwing parties for a lot longer than that. Yeah, you're originally... I mean, you've lived here in New York for a long time, but you're originally from Pittsburgh... I'm from Pittsburgh, um, and I moved to New York in 1997. It's interesting because I feel like in the last year or so, or a couple of years, there's been a lot of talk about Pittsburgh becoming a sort of a, you know, new techno hotbed and dance music hotbed. Um, it def- Pittsburgh definitely has. It's. I mean, I'm. I'm not sure I would have left Pittsburgh. If I was an 18-year-old now, I don't know that I would have felt the need that I felt in 1997 when I was an 18-year-old to get out of there and come to New York. Um, There's a party called Hot Mass that happens every Saturday night at an after-hours club in Pittsburgh, and Honcho is a part of Hot Mass. That's the, the monthly gay version of it. They're all pretty gay. 
Um, the Pittsburgh Track Authority has kind of blown up in the last couple years, and they run they run various record labels. Um, Sean Rudiman, uh, Chase Smith put out a record on Willie Burns's label. There's yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of interest there and a lot happening, and it's great for me now because we we go back to visit my family, my relatives, but then we have all these techno friends in Pittsburgh and there's usually a gig, so it's it's pretty awesome to see all that happening. All right, well, this is RBMA Radio. We're talking with Brian Kasanick from The Bunker, and uh, you've brought in a lot of tunes, and I've been listening to this Leisure Muffin record, but you put out 10 releases in your first year. Yes. And I know there's more on the way this year. Yeah. So why don't we, what's the next thing you have queued up for us? Uh, this is, the next one I've queued up is Romans, which is Tin Man and Gunnar Haslam. This will be the second release of this year. It's, uh, these days it's very difficult to say when a vinyl release date is. It's kind of like we, they take a while to manufacture and then they take a while to get to the distro and then they take a while to get to the store, but it's being pressed right now. So it'll probably, if I had to guess, be out about a month from now. Um, and this is the, the B-side of that. All right, record. it's a test pressing, I yeah, should this mention. A, yeah, this is a test. We brought in actual the actual test pressings. I still don't have the records, but we do have test pressings, so I thought that would be cool to play some of those. All right, let's give it a listen here on RBMA Radio. Thank you. 
Red Bull Music Academy radio and some brand new techno sounds from Gunnar Haslam and Tin Man. It's going to be coming out on The Bunker New York. Brian from The Bunker, when we don't know exactly when it will be coming out. In, in a, uh, We don't know exactly, but I think it's safe to say that it'll be out like late May, early June. It's the it's number 12, so it's the second release this year. We have uh, four in various stages of production right now so there's they're gonna the the first one's hitting next week and then they're gonna be coming in pretty rapid succession what's the name of this project uh romans romans yeah all right so i mean i mentioned before that last year was the first year you were doing a label and what made you i'm sure you've answered this question a bajillion times but what made you want to finally start a record label after doing the party for more than 10 years um it just it finally seemed like the right time uh, I thought that my kind of career trajectory and life as when I was much younger was going to be to start a record label. That just seemed like the no-brainer thing that I was going to do. And then from about 2000 to 2004, I ran my friend's record label, uh, my good friends DJ Olive and uh, James Healy. And it just, while I was doing that and watching that label, which I thought was a great label with lovely music and we had good distribution and it just I watched that make I didn't watch it make any money I watched it lose a ton of money and meanwhile I was I was doing throwing parties as kind of my I just wanted to DJ so I started throwing parties and I was doing that as a side thing but then ultimately when I stopped working at the agriculture I just focused my energy on the bunker and and I was able to make a pretty modest living but I was able to make my living doing that so that just kind of took over and I thought I would never do a record label because it just seemed that I mean it was miserable back then before you could download everything easily and now it seemed much worse but it just it got to a point where I literally had five or ten friends who were feeding me or playing me unreleased music for no particular reason just like check out what I made and it just there were a few things that were already done that I knew I wanted to put out and it just it just kind of all fell into place and it seemed like the right time to do something and I I waited until I had five or six releases like completely done before I even started manufacturing or looking into distribution or anything which is how we managed to get so many done last year that it was just like bang 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 they were the music was done already because I've seen so many record labels where they start off and the first release comes out and it's really great and everybody's stoked and then like eight months later the next one comes out because they didn't really think past that we're gonna get a record out it's like oh that's great let's do it again so I just I really wanted to to build a lot of momentum and get it going quickly do you think you're gonna get to 10 releases this year it's gonna be close I have I'm going to do four in the first half of the year. Those should all be out by hopefully late June, early July at the latest. So they're going to be a whole bunch of them pretty close together, which is just kind of how things happened because we changed manufacturers. So there was there was a pretty long break between the Reagents album we did in November and then now this our first release of this year is just coming out now. But there'll be four in the first half of the year and then... I think between September and say November, how many months is that? Three? In those three months, like as many as we can get out because I have a lot of amazing material that's either done or really close to done. So we might not get exactly 10, but I think we'll get close. 
do you think, in terms of like planning ahead with the label, I mean, you debuted a lot of different, or not debuted, but a lot of different artists have appeared on the bunker already in terms of your discography. And are you in the mode of wanting to create sort of a, a label roster that you're going to have repeating? Or do you think it's going to be a lot of random releases or... I think some of both. I have some, like, it, it It just takes patience to see how it's all gonna unfold and who can actually finish music. Uh, but I wanna, I'm taking on all the artists who put out a release on the label who don't have any, like, a booking agent representing them. I, I'm taking that on for them because I have a booking agency and trying to include them in my events in New York. We're starting to do the bunker more in other cities, so like we went to Berlin and did a showcase at Berghain and because two of my resident DJs, Eric Cloutier and Derek Plesleko moved out there, they're in Berlin and then we have Marco Shuttle who did a release in London and Voices from the Lake in Italy and we brought in Peter Van Hoosen who's just a close friend who plays the party all the time. So we were able to do like this really amazing full bunker showcase at Berghain and they really just flew me in from the US and everything else were, were European artists, so it was easy to do. And we have some like people on the West Coast who are working on stuff now. So I think it's gonna be cool. At least idea I had would be to, as we, it's more fun for me to go to another city and have somebody present the bunker than to just have somebody present me DJing with their resident DJs or something. Not that there's anything wrong with that or I wouldn't do it, but that's I think a way more interesting night and something that people wanna see. So having people, we have our core in New York, but having it spread out uh, is something where we've kind of made a conscious effort to make sure we have people in various corners of the world. You mentioned earlier that when you started The Bunker, part of it was just like you wanted to have a place where you could DJ yeah. yourself. But now, 12 years later, and The Bunker has become this big, you know, factory of sorts. Or just there's a lot of moving parts between the label and yeah. you guys throw a lot of events. How important is it for you to, for the DJing part for yourself? Um, it's important, but it becomes difficult to make that the focus because I'm, I feel like I'm very generous with my time and trying to help other people. And between the producing the parties, running the label, running the booking agency, it doesn't leave as much time as I would really like to focus on just finding new music and focusing on being a DJ. But I also never particularly have been striving to be a famous touring DJ. So it's also doesn't, like I focus on the other things that are more uh, putting out amazing music and doing amazing events in New York where at the end of it, I'm sleeping in my own bed is kind of more important to me, but I'm, I'm also wanting to focus on it more now because when I do, like if you're playing at Berghain or you're playing at Output, you don't, you can't play a half-ass set. Like it has to be pretty amazing. So it does take a certain amount of focus. So I'm starting to bring on some more interns and my first part-time employee soon to help hopefully take some of the load off to me so I can focus a little, like at least a little more time on DJing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't DJ at all of the bunker parties. Not all of them, no. There's there's plenty that I don't. I mean, it really depends on the situation. Usually, if we're kind of breaking in a new venue that we haven't used, especially, I'll stay away from DJing because I want to be available to deal with whatever else arises. And I have a stable, like, I've Mike Servito is our resident DJ. He's like ace in the hole, kills it every time. 
I can always rely on him to play an amazing set. Whenever Derek or Eric in are in town, they play, and now all the label artists are really wanting to play as well, and some of them are really starting to develop into, I think, pretty great DJs. So I have, it's all the bunker. I guess it's more, it's more important to me to kind of present it as this community thing that happens instead of it just being like, here's Brian's primetime DJ set. I don't know, it's just, it's, a lot of my friends kind of give me flack for that, but it's, it's just, it's never been the real, like my focus. I mean, it seems to me to like the ultimate rookie promoter move is like putting yourself on at like the prime time slot. Like, yeah. sorry, headliner, you only going to play for an hour because I got to get my yeah. time. Yeah. We got everybody, you got everybody in the door, but I'm going to knock them dead. Yeah. All right, this is RBMA Radio. We're speaking with Brian Kasanick from The Bunker, and he's brought in more records, so we should let him play some of those. What are we going to hear next? Yeah, next let's do, uh, this is Clay Wilson, which is, this is like a super forthcoming. I think this this will be our fourth release of the year, probably out in July, hopefully. I actually don't even have a test pressing of this one yet, but uh, so this is hot off the USB stick. All right, let's give a listen. New Clay Wilson here on RBMA Radio.
RBMA Radio, and this is some new stuff from Clay Wilson. It's going to be coming out later this year on The Bunker New York. And we have the boss man. Uh, <laughs> do you like being called the boss man? <laughs> it's uh, not the first time somebody said that. I don't really mind it. It's Brian Kasanick, who is the founder and the guy who runs the whole thing. Um, I was going to ask, so at this point, with 10 releases out and more on the way, do you think of the label as having a particular sound? I mean, obviously, techno is an easy way to say it, but... Yeah, techno would be the easiest way to say it. I feel like it's definitely techno, but we're trying... We're not trying to hone in on a specific kind of techno. It's more just like techno... It could just be a pretty... I don't know if I want to say standard, but just, you know, techno works, like a great techno track that works. I have nothing against that. But I feel like we've put out a lot of stuff that's kind of more expansive and is maybe like bleeding over the edges of the, what the, if there is a genre boundary, what it would be, and just trying to kind of, not like pushing things into the future, but just different perspectives on something we all know and love that do something a little more interesting and it's not I definitely didn't want I there's a ton of labels I love who the the, you know the whole point of the label is basically to put out functional DJ tracks but we I'm more interested in putting out something that could work as a DJ track but would also be something that people really just kind of want to kick back and listen to on the hi-fi at home and I found that DJs are definitely playing our tracks and but a lot of them you definitely have to be I feel like a pretty talented and creative DJ to make this stuff work but that's been really rewarding because I've heard like you know the way I've heard Carlos Souffrant and some other people play the records in a way that I know like putting them in a context that I and probably the person who made the record wouldn't have even thought of is has been a really cool aspect of running a label that I hadn't really thought about so much advance i remember when the label started and the first release came out the leisure muffin that we heard at the beginning i just remember thinking like this is a really like bold choice for a first record because it's definitely not like an obvious dj record. yeah well we didn't want that and again a lot of this is based on timing and his was just he's he's a really old friend who's been playing at my parties since before they were even called the bunker and I kind of always knew if I started a label, I wanted to put out his music. And we, as I said, we were getting a lot of material together before we started the label and we wanted to have more than one release done. But um, my wife says and I, who she's definitely my, my partner in the label and person I bounce all the ideas off of. I, I feel like when we heard the Leisure Muffin tracks in their near complete or near complete state we just we knew that we that it was that we wanted that to be the first release and we definitely knew that it was i mean it doesn't you you really especially the track we heard earlier in wearable hurts you can't really i mean what genre would you even call that it's but that's kind of what i like about it it's just its own thing i'm curious how you're feeling about like the current state of like techno or just electronic music in general in Brooklyn it's you know it's something that's like always changing and kind of going up and down and how are you feeling about things these days I feel good I feel like there's more than ever there's just tons of interest there's so much happening sometimes it feels like too much is happening but I think that's definitely a better problem to have and makes things more interesting when 
than when there's not really enough happening. But like we went to the, we did a bunker showcase at the Sustain Release Festival last year. And I met, I knew a lot of the people there from seeing them out, but it was just, it was a group of about 500 people, mostly from Brooklyn. And most of them were really young and everybody was just really cool and everybody was into the music and everybody I met either had like a record label or a night at Bossa Nova or both or just everybody was just engaged and interested. And uh, I think that's pretty amazing that that's all going on now. So I think it's I think it's it's really good and healthy. Another thing that's interesting about the bunker is that the party has had to sort of move it almost like has moved on a, the same line as like gentrification in a way where it used to be in like the lower east side and then it was primarily in williamsburg and now you're starting to do stuff out in bushwick in ridgewood yeah yeah so um how do you but you also still do stuff at output yeah yeah we do how do you strike the balance between you know doing something at a club like output and then uh, you know doing it at someplace like Transpecos or even a smaller spot and still keep the vibe intact? Um, I feel like we're just at this point we're trying to there's a there's so many different artists we work with and have really long-term relationships with and when we want to do an event with Moritz von Oswald or Jeff Mills or Andy Stott Obviously, we're not. I mean, we can't do that party at Transpicos, which holds 150 people. We have to do it at Output, which holds like 10 times that many people. So it's been it's been really great to have just the inst- for the longest time. We pretty much like we always did the party at Subtonic, then we always did the party at Public Assembly, and now there's so many venues in New York and different partnerships we have and different people we really enjoy working with now. That it's it's really great to have the option to scale things and I think it seems like for the most part things fall into place every once in a while there's something that I think really belongs like would be amazing at output and we do it at Transpicos because the date didn't work there or they weren't interested in that particular artist but for the most point part I feel like it just falls into place we just we're like okay we have Moritz von Oswald output's really interested in this bang we're gonna do it there or if we want to do but it's been really important for us to keep working with like the label artist up and coming artists and i don't want to there's still things that i want to do that won't work on a larger scale but i still want to do them so we do these we do things all the way down to the scale of Transpecos, where we sell 150 tickets and that's it and those those have their own charm and i really love those events as well do you ever get gripe from people that come to the party like when you're doing something at at output because i mean and this is I'm just passing along like hearsay or not hearsay, just like the kind of chatter you hear from like the average person that might go to like Bossa Nova Civic Club or on the regular that's like, oh, output's expensive or oh, it's full of yuppies or whatever. Do you feel good about your events that are happening there or how do you counter like those notions? Um, I like I said, we do the things that work there. We bring in a lot of our own audience and there are people that go to because of the marketing in place for a large club like that where they need to pay a large staff and get people in there all the time there's going to be you know people who are coming in who didn't who aren't familiar with the bunker and didn't really know what they were in for and while of course there are some negative sides of that i think i just i try to focus more on the the positive aspects that these people who were 
maybe going to someplace like Pasha or something a few years ago, now might come into there and hear, you know, Andy Stott or Function or and just be, I mean, we even had Alessandro Cortini play at our last event there. We've done some pretty crazy stuff there. And I just like, I like having a bigger venue to expose these artists. And I know the venue's not for everybody. Not everybody can afford to go to everything we do there. We've tried, we've gone to pains to make it inclusive for as many people as we can. We hook people up with reduced admission. We've done two parties at Output this year where we made it free before midnight just to get, because we do, it kind of in response to a lot of those comments where people are like, it's just, we just can't afford to go there. So we've tried to, we've tried to make it work. This is RBMA Radio. We're speaking with Brian Kasnick from The Bunker. And what have we... We've been listening to something for a little while now. Oh, yeah. This is uh, Forma, which was one of our final releases last year. And, uh, yeah, it came out in the fall. And Do you want to keep letting this play, or do you, should we put something else on? Let's see. We don't have a lot of time. I can only get more stuff on. Let's do the... Um, I have another test pressing, and this is the release that is coming out next week it's actually already up for pre-order on our band camp and everything and you'll be seeing it in stores soon it's the uh lote which is his follow-up release after he did the the fourth release on the label last year all right well let's give it a listen this is some brand new stuff from the bunker bunker new york here on rv may radio
RBMA Radio, and that was some more brand new music from, is it, it's pronounced Lote? Yeah. And that's going to be coming out next week. Pretty much, yeah. It's out now. You can pre-order it from us on Bandcamp right now, and I'm actually, it's technically not out, but we just shipped out a bunch of our, everybody who pre-ordered it already has the vinyl coming to them. And uh, we do this thing where we do a very limited number, it's the 100 copies that you can only buy through our Bandcamp, which are the colored vinyl versions. So um, yeah, check out our Bandcamp if you're interested in that kind of thing. We're speaking with Brian Kasnick from The Bunker here in New York, and he's brought in a few more records, so we're going to try and squeeze in a couple more things. I do want to mention that coming up a little after 6 o'clock, we're going to have Sammo Soundboy in here, and then at 7 o'clock, we're going to be doing a live broadcast of our lecture with Aesop Rocky, so definitely stay tuned to RVMA Radio, but in the meantime, let's hear more music from The Bunker New York. What's this next thing we got? Uh, This one is going to be the third release of this year. It's Mark Verbos, and this is the the B-side, which is actually pretty different from the rest of the record. It's it's kind of a, I don't know, there'll be more stuff like this coming from him soon, but it's three like pretty heavy hardware techno tracks and then this track, which is the B2, which is something kind of different. All right, let's check it out on RVMA Radio.
BMA Radio and more excellent sounding new music from the Bunker New York. Tell us one more time the artist on this one. This is Mark Verbos, who's kind of a Midwest acid techno legend who has kind of, his focus has shifted more from making music to making synthesizers in recent years. He has his own line of modular synthesizers, the Verbos Electronic stuff which uh, I'm not a production geek myself, but all my friends who are into that stuff are like super excited about his modules. So I guess they're really great. Um, But he's an old friend who um, has been lending us gear and playing at the party forever. And again, just like one of these just ideas I've had in my head for years was to put out his music if I ever started a label. So he, it, it, took him a while or took us a while to arrive at like the tracks we wanted to put on the EP but he was one of the very first people I approached about doing something on our label. We're speaking with Brian Kasnick from The Bunker, the founder of The Bunker, the guy who you know is largely in charge although I know like you mentioned earlier your wife Cesa does a lot of work as well. Yeah Cesa's the photographer, she does a ton of artist hosting with me and uh is basically the person who also just uh (laughs) puts up with me and like i bounce all my ideas off her she has a lot of ideas too so yeah she's definitely my uh my partner in life label party everything when you're throwing a party it's really essential to have someone on the team who's like a good host yes like can be like a friendly face yeah and who's not um i think that i'm fairly good at hosting but it's especially difficult when i I take on i wear a lot of hats when we're throwing the parties and uh sometimes i'm at my best sometimes i'm i'm sure as you know like pretty frazzled and not in the best state of mind to be making someone feel really comfortable and at home and says is uh amazing at that at all times what are some of the events you have coming up? I know there's always an onslaught of bunker events. But... There's quite a few, yeah. On next Friday, May 22nd at Output, we have Moritz von Oswald, a Giggling Showcase. Uh, speaking of modular synthesizers, the guys from Control who uh, sell all the modular synthesizers in New York out of their store are doing a jam in the third room at Output. And then next week, we have the 20, May 22nd at Good Room, we have Rodhad. Adam TM and Tobias and Phylaxoid, who is a Chilean psych band, who uh, Adam TM produced their record, their latest record with them, so they're going to play together. And then we go to Detroit, where we go every year for Movement Festival, and we're doing the No Way Back Party with kind of our, I don't know if I want to call them our sister label, but definitely the label we have like the closest, strongest affiliation with, Interdimensional Transmissions. Um, done that event with them in Detroit and New York for the past, oh, I don't know, five or six years. So that's on Sunday night. Um, And then on Monday at the works is the Dirty Epic is doing the anthology party. And for the second year in a row, they're presenting the Bunker New York Showcase, which this year will be Reagents, Adam TM and Tobias, Mike Servito, Derek Pleslako, and myself. Um, Is that enough for now? Yeah, that's that's May. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure people can find out more if you go to thebunkerny.com. Yeah, thebunkerny.com or really most social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, on everything were slash thebunkerny. And I know you wanted to mention that you guys just got a drip. Yes, we just this week launched our drip, which is a, a kind of 
Bunker fan club, I think is maybe the best way to describe it. Fan club, music community, um, people pay us a pretty low fee. It's right now $30 per quarter. And for that, they're getting every release that we put out digitally the day it comes out. They're getting reduced, like pretty significantly reduced admission to all of our parties. We're trying to do like a lot of exclusive content and kind of communication between Seza and myself and some of our resident DJs and label artists with people and uh, and more. We're really, it's kind of an experiment in music community right now. We're figuring out what we want to do with it. We just kind of want to create a space that's really special for our biggest fans. And like, for example, this week we offered for everybody who wanted the, all the vinyl collectors on Drip, if they ordered the new Lote record that we just listened to, we offered them like a free we have a cup backstock of a few releases that we offered to just throw in the package with their order. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting experiment. I'm pretty excited about it. And that's uh, drip.fm slash thebunkerny. All right. This has been RVMA Radio with Brian Kastanik from The Bunker. We're going to hear one last track that he's brought in. What do you got for us? Yeah, this is something from last year. Um, this record actually did really well and sold a lot of copies, but I didn't, I don't know, didn't hear a lot about it or something. It wasn't like a huge buzz around it, but it's one of my favorite records we put out last year. It's Ulysses. And uh, this is one of the B-sides from that record. All right. Thanks so much for coming in, Brian. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 